Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we should start with Cameron Diaz right. Mainly because we're talking about her But I also think she is probably the best character in the film Oh, no Oh, hello Controversial Hey everybody, you are most welcome You are listening to the 105th episode of the Flix Watcher podcast I am joined today by Helen Hello As always hello. You're surprised I said you first, aren't you? Yeah And... Our special guests are Louise Hello And Sam Hello From the 90 Minute or Less Film Fest podcast And also Picture Houses podcast Come find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod Visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes And leave us an awesome review And as we always say guys All the films were available on Netflix at the time of recording There is going to be bad language There's going to be spoilers And we hope you enjoy it Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. The film we're reviewing today is The Holiday and our guests in the studio are Sam and Louise. If you would like to say hello and tell our listeners about the podcast you do please. Hi listeners. Hello listeners. We never address our listeners do we? Sometimes. Do we? Jasper. That's what he's called. Just what? <laughs> what? Did you just have a memory? Yeah, that's, <laughs> Did you just remember something in the middle? Our listener's called Jasper. That's what oh. I call it. We've got more than one. Not, not that Jasper. No. Not the holidays Jasper. Oh, shit, yeah. Ooh. No. We'll get on to him later. Rewind. <laughs> what podcast do you do? Oh. So t- together, Louise and I make a podcast called The 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, which is a podcast which celebrates films with a 90 minute or less runtime. And is entirely curated by guests. Yeah. Such as? Kobe's been on. Yeah, I've been on. And I chose Black, um, Black Dynamite. I was going to say Black Klansman. <laughs> um, which is under 90 minutes and a very good film, from my point of view anyway. No, it, was, it was amazing because it's um, it's it, that's a film which it was so much fun to rewatch. But I feel like a lot of people had forgotten about it. Yeah, and it was nice to revisit. And uh, it's a blast. I don't think enough <laughs> people have seen it in the first place. No, I have not seen it. True. Yeah. Apologies. You should watch it. And our good friend Will has also reviewed it on his podcast, oh, uh, really? Exploding Which, Helicopter. Uh, it implies the helicopter that explodes yeah. in it. Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah, so why? So what's important? What's so important about a film being 90 minutes or less? I think convenience. It's how Louise and I choose what films we watch when we're at home. Uh, usually, we. Uh, I love seeing films, but uh, often if you, you know, if you work in the daytime, you don't have a li- much time at home, mm. it's so nice to 
choose something which isn't going to keep you up all night. Also, on a really selfish note, I'm so good at falling asleep during films, which is like a real hazard to my profession. <laughs> um, I think a short film is, is really useful. So yeah, I think my Netflix list basically is made up of films that are under 90 minutes long. Right. And uh, I thought it'd be a nice opportunity to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just sort of add anyone who has ever listened to our podcast before will know how much I am a fan of a 90 minute film. Yeah. Ah, kindred spirit. Yes. It's the magic, the magic ninety, as, yeah. as you never refer to it as. <laughs> but I think it's, it's one. Of, I think you're not. You guys aren't unique to the. Ah, uh, it's like two hours long. Uh. Yeah, the amount of times we've had a spread of DVDs out on the floor to decide what to watch, <laughs> and we've literally turned over which is the shortest film. We'll watch that one. Sure. So it's quite fun. And it's funny, isn't it? Because like these people put, and I feel bad for this, but these people make films, put so much effort into their movies and there's so much money has been spent on them. And it all comes down to us on a Saturday night, just looking at the back of the slipcase <laughs> on the DVD and be like, nah, 300 minutes, not going to happen. Well, that's Ooh, it. 70 minutes. Hello. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily like indicate the quality of a film, does it? A shorter film. There's so many, I mean, how many times have we heard it's a good film, but could have shaved 15, 20, 30 minutes off and it would have been just a lot tighter. And I think... That applies to about 90% of films, of films that are over. Out the moment, yeah. I, I fully endorse... Um, I fully think that every single film could be 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. Every single film ever made could be 20 minutes shorter. Even ones that are already 90 minutes or less. Yes. Oh, wow. That's some really Yikes. bold uh, yeah. films there. Wow. I, I, would, I would happily hire you as the producer for my film company when I... Yeah, just started. this scene, just cut it. We don't need it. Yeah, okay. Um, right, guys. Sam, you chose the holiday. Yes. Which is not 90 minutes, no. we should add. So, but, uh... Should we do a bit of lambasting before that? <laughs> this is two and a half, two hours and 15 minutes long, Sam. <laughs> uh, that, is, that is correct. This, you could have, this is a prime opportunity for you to show mm. the wares and quality of films you can have that are less than 90 minutes. We did have a very long discussion about whether we should choose films under 90 minutes or okay. not. And you thought basically because your podcast... It wouldn't fit in your podcast, so let's put it into someone else's. That's exactly right, it. Right, right. Yeah, I think, yeah, we did. Yeah, well, it was a chance for us to sort of, we, we're watching a lot of films which are 90 minutes or less, which is sort of a dream come true, but also means I can't watch The Holiday. And I thought it would be nice actually to use this as an opportunity to rewatch The, the Holiday, um, two hours and 15 minutes. Can yeah, I just right. point out as well, we did watch this about three weeks ago, yeah. just before Christmas. So as we're recording this, it's post-Christmas. Uh, this is very much a Christmas film. Absolutely. It's not like a rom-com like when Harry Met Sally, which you can kind of watch any time of the year, but yeah, it's nice. It's a bit festive. It's nice in the festive period. Um, this is Christmas to, to the hilt. It might as well be Miracle on 34th Street. Well, it, it is It is set at Christmas, <laughs> but it was also set in two locations. One is England and one is in California. And in California, it's never really Christmassy, is it? No. It's a nice summer flick. <laughs> so um, please can we have your uh, two minute synopsis um, of, of the holiday uh, and then um, uh, any other reasons why you did pick it to bring it to us today so the holiday came out in 2006 it's directed by Nancy Myers who is a hero of mine she's been producing and writing films since the 80s um, I think she's approaching like her 39th or 40th year in the industry wow. she's probably the most successful female filmmaker of all time and loads of people love to hate on her so I thought this would be a good opportunity to actually just talk about one of her films and maybe we can all find something to enjoy in Nancy's work because she primarily works in rom-coms which is a, a genre which people often seek out to give sniffy reviews to or or have quite a strong feeling about 
Uh, I don't think people give them the chance sometimes. Sure. Sure, there are some bad rom-coms. I feel like I've chosen one of the best rom-coms for you this evening in the holiday. Um, and yeah, this, Nancy Myers was sort of at the peak of her powers at this point. She was coming off of What Women Want, which made so much money. It was mm. an absolutely Mel huge Gibson. film. Yeah. And then she made Something's Gotta Give, which made even more money. It got um, some Oscar nominations. And then, then she makes a holiday movie, a Christmas movie, um, which is, again, not, the, not something the Academy particularly um, rewards. Awards, but I think Nancy's thinking this is going to get played every year. I'm laughing all Cash the way cow. to the bank with my Christmas film. That's like Prince <laughs> with uh, 1999, wasn't it? Yes, up until, until. 1999. Yeah, and after that, his yeah, the revenue stream dwindled. Uh, so the holiday stars Jack Black, Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Eli Wallach, Rufus Sewell, and it's got some fun smaller roles from Catherine Hahn, who's yeah. so big right now, and John Krasinski, who's now gone on to become this you know super famous director, uh, and Shannon Sossaman, who everybody has forgotten about. Who was she? She was an actor of of some note, and I feel like she had some sort of music career. She has not worked very much um, following the holiday, and I don't think that's anything to do with the holiday. I think she's just got bored of it. No, but who was she in this film? Oh, in this film? Oh, she's Jack Black's uh, uh, girlfriend. Okay. Um, Jack Black's naughty girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us what, yeah, I think you've got maybe... 45 seconds left. All right, yeah, sorry. Uh, So uh, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz are uh, two women who, one lives in England, one lives in uh, LA. They're both coming out of quite a tricky personal um, situation. Uh, One, Kate Winslet's character, Iris, is in love with a guy at work who's just a total douchebag. And he's she's in love with him. They broke up years ago and now he's going to get married to someone else at their office. And they announced this at the office Christmas party. And she's so grumpy and upset by this. Um, she looks, uh, she puts her cottage on a holiday exchange website. And then we cut to LA where Cameron Diaz is breaking up with her boyfriend. She's sick of him, sick of LA, never takes a holiday. She works, 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 running a trailer making company. How often do you see a character who runs a trailer making company in a movie and then she goes onto this like airbnb type website like a home exchange website mm. and she finds kate winslet's lovely cottage in surrey 40 minutes away from london and uh, they very quickly decide to swap houses for the holiday season uh, and then they meet uh, jude law in england uh, with cameron diaz and jack black in la and hilarity ensues <laughs> <laughs> So, Louise, I'm guessing you're you're a fan of this straight off the bat. Well, or has it been foisted upon you? You'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think Sam and I have watched the holiday every year since 2006. 2006. So this is going to this is going to lean into the uh, repeat viewing score yeah. quite. Oh yeah, yeah, and you sort of pick up on different things every time you watch it. Really? Is it layered? Uh, no, it's it's fairly straightforward. I feel like the <laughs> film. I mean, Nancy. Nancy isn't like Paul Thomas Anderson or Quentin Tarantino when it comes to like her director sort of flourishes or anything. But mm. I feel like she does have, like, she puts a lot on screen, usually in in terms of the decor in the kitchens uh, and things. But like, she does she does really sort of put a lot in there, and and I notice new things every time I watch it. You can definitely see the money on screen. I mean, at the time this was made, yeah. this was the most expensive romantic comedy ever made. Oh, really? Were they yeah. both shot on location? Yes, it was a two-location shoot. Uh, the 
when they shot in England, because mm. um, Kate Winslet's cottage is in Surrey where Cameron Diaz comes to, uh, the second unit director for the England shoot uh, was the guy who does all of the second unit stuff on the James Bond movies. Okay. Uh, so like they fully embraced the UK um, production on this. Um, and they did it and they shot in California as well. The thing with Nancy is, I guess at this point, she's got these huge actors, 2006, yeah. Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, you know, like huge, huge, huge names. Um, but she also does like to build giant sets as you may have seen in this film and all of her films have these giant sets that they like to build um so i feel like a lot of nancy's budget goes towards just building these fabulous houses for the characters to live in (laughs) yeah because um the cottage that kate winslet lives in is entirely fabricated for this film oh really it does not exist it was built for the holiday you kind of feel you kind of feel that you know location scouting could have found a cottage that would do quite any well. cottage would yeah. do really <laughs> i think nancy is a perfectionist Decorated. she she probably had a cottage in mind yeah and i think a bit like kubrick when he was doing eyes wide shut and <laughs> there's lots of stories about how kubrick would send photographers all around london to find the street or whatever um for tom cruise to live in and uh and i feel like nancy probably did the same and then it got to a point where she's like london or surrey doesn't have my perfect cottage i'll build one <laughs> I love the fact you may be the only person in the world who's ever compared Nancy Myers and Stanley Kubrick. I feel like there's a really good long read essay I in think... that comparison. <laughs> Coming to your Guardian long reads soon this weekend. <laughs> Helen, what are your thoughts on, on the holiday? So uh, this one had passed me by. Mm-hmm. So this um, is your first time watching it? Was, it was, yes. Okay. Um, I, I'm not really a fan of Cameron Diaz, so it's always been a wide berth of mine. I'm just looking... But uh, in the WhatsApp conversation uh, for your... <laughs> Listen for your benefit, Jasper and uh, Sam and Sam and Louise. Helen said Jude Law, well fit. In yes, so, so, <laughs> so my notes, some selection of my notes. Um, Kate Winslet can swim; she can swim really well. I noted that uh, Jude Law fit and um, blockbuster. Blockbuster video rental features in this film. Two thousand six. Um, yep, that's uh, correct. And. Yeah, I I think this may be a theme of Nancy Myers, but this is a film where we have to suspend belief and picture Jack Black being a suitable romantic pairing for Kate Winslet. Is that the not, biggest? Not buying it. Is that um, the biggest suspense that you thought though? I mean, I can't buy Jack Black as a romantic lead anyway, um, and particularly not in this. He's a bit he's a bit creepy in this. I found him no. quite creepy. I think he's very quite creepy. charming. Yeah, I don't think he, I wouldn't say creepy. It was a bit weird when he was kind of kissing her excessively, even though they were just at friend zone. Oh, the, the, the double kiss. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't think that was the worst, and um, because I think there, were, I don't think he was like actively courting her. I think for me, that kind of romance kind of came unexpectedly. He was just like doing stuff for his mates, and uh, here's this girl who hasn't got any friends and just going to hang out whilst my girlfriend's out of town. And, oh shit, she's actually quite cool. And then, so I didn't think it was like a creepy thing, especially because like that, that scene was when they had the, um, the Hanukkah, wasn't it? Mm. And he just came over to say hi and then he stood up, stayed for Hanukkah and then, she, then he went and he was like, mm, I shouldn't have kissed you twice. That's a bit odd. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not even there. sure Jack Black thinks he should be playing in a room. He just seems very like, oh, I'm not really sure if I'm acting this right or not. I think genuinely, yeah, Jack Black is a bit odd in this film generally, but I think his character... I think that romance is not so creepy, but I think Jack Black in this is yeah, perhaps not the creepy. best person. Yeah, he's 
badly, badly cast. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's uh, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law. At this time, I think they couldn't be bigger. Mm. And Jack Black is still kind of the goofy, tenacious D guy. Yeah. Like, this is the same year it was released, the same year the tenacious D movie came out. So like, I wonder if Nancy is maybe just a big tenacious D fan. Maybe she likes School of Rock, which came out a couple of years before this. But it's, it's an odd, it is odd casting, I think. Um, and I think like, I think her note to him is like, just play it kooky and stuff. <laughs> and I think he's doing, he's doing like Nancy Myers's version of kooky, um, which is a bit sickly. And I think some people do love it and some people do hate it. Um, I think I, I, I sort of flip flop between it. Sometimes I find him a bit annoying. Yeah. Like when he's doing all the music tunes in the blockbuster video, there's a scene where they go to blockbuster video and he's, he's performing famous theme yeah. tunes. Uh, Vangelis. And was he doing Vangelis? He's doing, yeah, Chariot yeah. of Fire, Vangelis, and he says Jaws and yeah. stuff. And it's just a bit, it's a bit much. Like, I wouldn't want that if I was in Blockbuster browsing. But then he does bring over, like, the Tango Ice Blast type thing, and that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that scene in, in that Blockbuster is why he was chosen for the film. Because that's the kind of thing Jack Black can do quite well, even if it's Annoying. misplaced in this, in this film. I think it's like, as you saw in School of Rock, him getting the kids... It was, it was getting the kids riled up to start playing properly it was doing that kind of stuff to get them in the mood. And also, because he can play the piano, I think, at least... But he did that bit at the start where he played the piano and then he fawned over his girlfriend. Oh, she's too good for me. I wonder what's going to happen with our relationship in this film. And then she saunters off. Some good foreshadowing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the opening of the film is wonderful, though. It starts with, like, the Hans Zimmer... So Hans Zimmer did the score for this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Not so, known for rom-coms. <laughs> my first note is excellent music. Excellent music. Is it, though? I can remember. What, 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 oh. what, what, what riled you? What stirred you up? I think just it's a it's an interesting score from Hans who is it's an interesting score from Hans who is now known for his like Brahms kind of music and this is just like quite a nice gentle classical it stays with you we keep singing the theme songs mm, it's more melodic and it is quite romantic mm. and uh, yeah I'd love him to have used that in like the Dark Knight it'd be nice <laughs> oh, can you imagine <laughs> instead yeah. um, Kobe what are your thoughts about the holiday just one point of Hans Zimmer because Hans Zimmer was doing like. True Rom- he had done stuff like True Romance and stuff before this, so he has got this kind of history, not with this level of rom-com, but it doesn't necessarily, necessarily do the big pompous, bombastic things. Um, but also Gladiators was before this, wasn't it? Mm, so, so he can do big, and then I guess he probably just thought this is a bit of a favour. Um, honestly, this film was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> That's perhaps the 100% best I can I can say in one in one big statement. If you look at the DVD cover... That says every reason why I haven't seen this film up until now. I mean, that is a pretty shoddy DVD it's cover. Horrific. I'm sorry, to me. home entertainment people. Yeah, that is that makes me sick looking at the DVD cover. Um, Apart from the Jude Law's face. No, I don't. I don't care for it. You've got Jack Black's super smug. Um, yeah, this Kate film Win- is about smugness. If, if you want to watch people being smug, yeah. then. Please watch this film. Kate Winslet's probably not in the same scene at that point. That's been superimposed next to him. I don't know who she's smiling at, not looking at him. Uh, and the picture of smug Jude Law with smiling Cameron Diaz as well. I don't know. I just did just does not sit well with me. And that's why I haven't watched this film. Um, but having said that, you know, it's uh, a Christmas movie. It wasn't movie. as bad as I thought it was going to be either. It's a rom-com. Yeah. And, you know, it's not as, it's no, in nowhere near as abhorrent as... Um, Love Actually. Yeah. Exactly. So I can see why you watch it because you watch it every year, but still, it's two hour and fifty minute. It, it is. doesn't need to be. I think this could be like two separate films. Oh no! I don't. And you'd have to watch each of them separately, at least together. At least you can flip flop. 
Yeah, at least you only have to go through it once when you watch this. <laughs> Maybe it should be like a choose your own adventure, like uh, Bandersnatch, Bandersnatch. Yeah. thing. <laughs> Does Cameron get on the plane? Get off the yeah. plane. She goes to the airport a lot in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of return flights wasted. Mm. <laughs> yeah, someone's someone's bought those flights. Um, let's talk about each of the characters. Um, so who should we start with? I think we should start with Cameron Diaz, right. mainly because we're talking about her. But I also think she is probably the best character in the film. Oh, no. Oh, hello. Controversial. Uh, that's probably who I I was looking, like, following more the last time I watched anyway. Um, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think so. So Cameron Diaz, like, she's got an interesting... It's interesting at the beginning, she's breaking up with her boyfriend. Um, you also get a bit of insight into her work where she's cutting a fake trailer for a Lindsay Lohan, James Franco yeah. action that was quite, movie. That was quite fun. And I love I in my brain way. thinking like Nancy Myers, no, she's only made rom-coms really. But she has also done one day of shooting a fake trailer <laughs> <laughs> with, with explosions and guns and Lindsay Lohan and James Franco. <laughs> I like to think that she brought someone in like, like Tarantino just for that just for that shot. Like yeah, Robert Rodriguez drops in for uh, a shoot every now and again for, and on the Grindhouse, for example. I think that's what I like to think. Uh, but I, I, I think she comes from such a bad place in the film I think her story with Jude Law is actually really nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think she's the one who sort of grows the most and then also enables Jude Law to, you know, like let go of, of his sort of self-destructive routine, going to the pub and getting hammered every night. He's got two young kids. <laughs> I know, but still still loves the pub. I, I just have real problems with Cameron Diaz. Um, I just don't like watching Should films. She gets to the bottom it. of this. Well, what, what film did it? What what was the one that sort of started this aversion? Maybe The Mask. That was really, the oh, first wow. time I probably saw her. That's, I mean, that's I mean, that quite... was her first film, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, so right from the straight, 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 straight from the beginning. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on there's something about Mary? You must have um, have you even watched that? I mean, I have seen it, but yeah, again, I've because I'm quite a big fan of Ben Stiller. I haven't seen that one much just because I really don't like Cameron Diaz, and I always thought it was funny that um, the character of uh, Anna Faris is meant to be based on Cameron Diaz in uh, Lost in Translation. And that kind of sums up how I oh, feel okay. about Cameron Diaz. What about in adaptation? Um, being John Malkovich. Was it being John Malkovich? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was thinking it was I mean, the follow, wasn't I? Yeah. Again, I, I watch it and it's like, well, it's still Cameron Diaz underneath the eyebrows and fuzzy hair. <laughs> She's kind of toned down her... Which but is- she's still... I don't know. I just don't find her convincing in anything. I just find her really annoying. So, which is your peak? By peak, I mean worst. Would it be uh, Charlie's Angels? Is that? I one? mean, I wouldn't watch that. Oh, I, I, see, I quite like Charlie's Angels. The sequel is maybe not as good. The sequel is um, Detritus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I act- I actively avoid watching films with her. Have you seen In Her Shoes though? No. Which is so good. Because it's got her in it. But it's so good. <laughs> would highly recommend in her shoes. I can't think of any actor actress which I would completely avoid a whole film if, if there were a feature of it. Shrek? I'm not really, I don't really like Shrek. <laughs> Shrek 2? <laughs> Shrek 3? I mean, getting into the sequels is really, really pushing it for me. Yeah, um, even even the voice is just... Yeah. You might be missing out on some great films here. I'm sure she's got some great films that I'm... I can't think of off the top of my head. Not a massive fan of Gangs of New York either. I think I've seen that one once. That's, and... a, that's a bit of a long rambly one. I've seen it once and I want to watch it again, but... 
I would argue this is like a peak Diaz, and I think The Holiday might actually be her last amazing film role. <laughs> really? Because she did the In Her Shoes before then, which is amazing, and, and Charlie's Angels before that. But after this, she did What Happens in Vegas, which is not great, Ooh. My Sister's Keeper, which is terrible, The Box, interesting failure, Night and Day is awful. Sex tape. Sex tape. <laughs> Bad Teacher is quite good, and yeah, then, then Ish, you're in yeah. sort of uh, Gambit, which is not good. Uh, counselor, Ridley Scott's bananas film, sex tape, mm. and then Annie, and then she gave up oh. acting. Is she, is she Annie, retired? Is, now? Has she retired though? Seriously? Yeah, yeah, she's. Annie so, was terrible. That was 2014, and I think Gwyneth Paltrow was photographed on some sort of by some paps yeah. uh, a few months ago, and it was like her and all of her famous mates, including Cameron Diaz, and, and the article sort of said like, and Cameron Diaz, the first time she's been seen out publicly since her retirement or something. So she's just not actively seeking any work at the moment, and she's got nothing in the pipeline. Yeah, Annie was Annie was terrible. So Louise and Helen, you kind of groaned when you when Sam said Cameron Diaz. Who who would you say is the best character in the film? I think Iris is a slightly more interesting has the slightly more interesting journey. Personally, would you agree or disagree with that? Um, I definitely think she has the more. I do, I find her more believable as a character. Right. Yeah, I think and not annoying. Amanda's character flaw is she can't cry. And that's not a character flaw. Like her thing in the film is she can't cry, <laughs> which isn't an issue. It's a weird thing to make an issue of. I think <laughs> I think Cameron Diaz just plays the plays it so well. I think her comedic work is so good. Like when she's in, there's a scene when she's in a little corner shop and she's just like necking a bottle of wine. Yeah. That is a great there's scene. There's a scene she's where like she's chucking a chocolate in the, in the, in the, the bed after that. And- the yeah. scene in the bed is good. The scene when she's in the bathtub is good. Um, she, her character has this, because she makes movie trailers, there's this sort of thing they keep coming back to where the film turns into a movie trailer about yeah. her character. It's like, Amanda couldn't sleep that night. <laughs> and that's kind of a fun thing that she brings. Problem with Kate Winslet's character Iris, and while she is lovely, she, she when she starts meeting Jack Black, she's so easily impressed by everything, and Eli Wallach's character as well. She's like, oh, movies. I've never seen a movie. What movies should I watch? <laughs> And when she's talking, there's like a scene where she's talking to Jack Black after she's watched all of these classic Hollywood movies. She's like, movies are good, aren't they? (laughs) It's like, yeah, we're watching one. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't think her character really has the layers uh, or she doesn't really get a chance to do the performance that Kate Winslet probably can do because she is an amazing actor. I think it's a a subtle performance just because it's not like a period piece breaking down crying at every moment. Doesn't mean it's not a good performance. She does do some crying though. She does do crying. (laughs) she does have that great scene though where she's in the bed and um, she's playing oh, air guitar. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just charming and lovely. <laughs> was that the Jet song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that scene. That, I just know that Jet, that the, the one Jet song. <laughs> um, what, Kate Winslet, your MVP of the... Sh- of the... No, I mean, it's Jude Law. It's Jude Law, it? yeah. Wow. It's cheeky, cheeky, I'm gonna have to bat for uh, Jack Black then, aren't I? Go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. I just, I I've realised that I actually quite like Jude Law's oh, really? range. Yes, <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think all the scenes that he's in just make it a, a a little bit more enjoyable. He seems to be having the most fun, in my opinion, by doing very little work, just kind of being, being a, little, a little bit cheeky and a a little bit of a geezer and pretending to be drunk. I don't really rate Jude Law that much. No, you do, because we've rated him before. No, no, we've, we've seen him with Gattaca. Yeah, and but, the talented but, Mr. Ripley. The talented Mr. Ripley is probably his, his favourite performance of his. But I, for me, he he was someone for a while who I, if someone said Jude Law, I'd be like, who? 
but I'd seen him in like Alfie, Ton, Ton of Mystery. It'd just be like, for me, it's almost like a character actor who's quite good looking or very good looking or well fit, as, as you would say. But for me also, it doesn't really bring that much to the table, rarely. Um, so in this, he was just a another handsome person. Candy. Yeah, I, I don't think he he had much to do apart from be a rather unconvincing widower. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think at this point in Jude Law's career, he's in a bit of a downward spiral. Yeah. And the holiday is what brings him back uh, into the fore. Because before this, he did Alfie. Sky Captain Underworld of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. I Heart Huckabees, all films that got slated and or he's not very good in. Um, Lemony Snicket, he does a That's voiceover. Great. That's Snicket. a great um, film. Though. I think because he does a voiceover, we should not include that, maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, and then he did The Holiday in 2006. Uh, and then after that, he goes on to become Sherlock, um, Dr. John Watson oh, in Sherlock true, Holmes. Actually, and, and, and I think his star sort of value rises. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I think the holiday is probably responsible for the Jude Law renaissance. Well, they'll take, yeah. <laughs> Jude Law renaissance. Broke him out of Alfie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I, going back to Cameron Diaz, I think she is generally quite a, a very good uh, comedic actor. She knows how to do slapsticky kind of things. She does. I think she moves her body quite well. That sounds a bit odd, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. She she can she can turn it up a bit. And I think she, she like in, even in Charlie's Angels, she's the one dancing around doing the stupid stuff and mm. and getting laughs out of what she does. And that when you first saw her in Mask, for example, you thought, all right, she's going to be the one that's everyone just fancies in all the films, and that's what it is. But she has a bit more dyna- dynamicism to her than than just being objectively good looking. I think. And here, I think you just remind me that she does do that that kind of spin quite well in this, even though it's not as. Um, not as big as she has done in other films, I think. I just remember Vanilla Sky. I do like that film and she's in that. It's not that good a film though, is it? I know, but I like it. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Tom Cruise and, and her. So, not the night and day, but Tom Cruise. No. So, Tom Cruise and her and her and Vanilla Sky. All right. So, my, Jack Black then. Okay. Um, I really like Jack Black. Um, I just think he's just not the right person in this film and he's not the right person in some films, but just generally I think he's an awesome person. His character is the most underwritten in this film. Yes. And that's fine, actually, in a way. I don't, But this doesn't need Jack Black to be in this role. They need someone else who can play piano-ish and someone else who knows films. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a funny, isn't it? Because in like the Jude Law, Cameron Diaz story, it's very much about both of them. And with Kate Winslet's story, it's about the Eli, Eli Wallet character and Jack Black yeah. and it doesn't really ramp up to Jack Black until quite close to the end of the film yeah. <laughs> almost it's like, like oh, oh I've not written a thing the for romance. him <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh they need to end up together do they oh quickly let's fudge it together whereas it could have been a nice story without that element yeah it could have just worked with the Eli Wallet character um, and her story is just about her having this really great friendship with a guy and it ends up with him going up on stage and accepting doing the speech that he doesn't want to do uh, yeah. and that's her holiday and treat. still yeah. still rejecting sleazy Wallet. Jasper yeah oh, Rufus Sewell yeah. <laughs> yes if if Jack Black and Kate Winslet hadn't got together at the end how do you think that would have affected the story well I don't think it would have affected the story particularly <laughs> <laughs> Just, they just been friends. Yeah, Kate Winslet's yeah. character is she's in love with a guy she can't be with, and she's yeah. been in love with him for like three years or whatever. And, and he's not—he's ignoring her, and he sort of abuses their relationship by making her work on his stuff. And she does it because she's still in love with him. So I guess it's the only positive is that she not only gets over him and, mm. and breaks that off, but she also has something new that 
she you know is excited about and she is in a loving relationship so it's nice for the character i guess to end up in a loving relationship but it's just such an afterthought <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll go to blockbuster have girlfriend walking past with some guy splits up get together new year's eve good these guys they like they like flying at the drop of a hat don't they the uh, the timelines in this film confuse me I still, after however many rewatches, I cannot work out how long this film, the, what time period this film actually lasts over. Because yeah, it's, it's supposed it's a long, to be it's a long two holiday, weeks. isn't it? Do you think? Well, it's supposed to be two weeks. And for the States, two weeks is all you get, isn't but it? But it doesn't mm. feel like two weeks. It feels like about a month. Well, they say, yeah, it is confusing. So they do say two weeks. Yeah. But like, even if they say two weeks... I think Kate Winslet flies out on the 18th of December and then they make a big deal about Cameron Diaz staying for New Year's. It's like, no, if mm. you were to two weeks, you would also just be staying for New Year's. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, your holiday includes New Year's. But doesn't uh, she, she decides to come home early though? She keeps deciding to come home. She, I think she decides to come home three times and like goes to the airport once, packs her bags twice. <laughs> Every time Jude Law comes through <laughs> the door. Yeah, that's true. So if, so if she came on, on the 18th, no matter how she played it, if mm. she was going to stay for the full two weeks... She'd be there till New Year, so there's no, there's no kind of. Oh, I've changed my mind. I'm going to stay, but yeah, you, you, yeah, you were going to stay in. anyway. <laughs> you're booked in until the fifth, fifth of January. Because her big thing is like running back to Jude Law, going like, it wouldn't be fair if I didn't stay till New Year's Eve or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, you you're, you should be staying until New Year's <laughs> Eve. I think you're due to fly back on the second of Jan. Yeah, the cleaners are booked <laughs> on yeah. the third, for the third of Jan. I've got new Airbnb guests. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which point out running back in unsuitable shoes for the snowy roads of Surrey. What about them? Well, they're unsuitable. That's one of the jokes, <laughs> isn't it? Has she grown as a character? Does she know now how to uh, live in the snow in the winter of 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 the I UK? I can't remember. It's funny, at the beginning, the joke is the driver can't get down the lane, so he makes her walk up with a big suitcase, yeah. and she's like s- struggling. And then towards the end of the film... The driver also doesn't drive down the lane um, for some reason, um, even though he just picked her up from the lane. From outside the house, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. But she can run back in heels. <laughs> so over the two-week period she's been in Surrey, she's learned to run in the snow in heels. And that's really good character growth. Yeah. Guys, um, let's go to the scores, but let's also we need to talk about Eli Wallach. Do we? Well, I think Sam wants to. Can, can we also mention two things? Sure. Two things I'd like to discuss. One... Mr. Napkinhead is a delight. That was actually quite funny. I thought that was going to go tits up, but I thought... It was wonderful, right? Just a I wonderful. wonderful bonding family <laughs> moment. And number two, why doesn't Iris have a kettle? She lives in the United Kingdom. She does not have a kettle in her kitchen. an American built her house, apparently. When, sorry, when's a kettle a plot point? Well, it's not, but there's, there's, a, there's a scene where Cameron Diaz is lighting a There's a scene at the beginning where... Kate Winslet tries to kill herself oh, yeah, with gas. by sniffing the gas and she puts the, the kettle on top of the stove. I guess it's quite cottagey, though, to have oh, the yeah. stovetop kettle. But why would she have a coffee machine? She'd like coffee. And no plug-in kettle. It's because an American built her kitchen. It's an American built her kitchen. There's other things, actually. Like An American obviously wrote this film and directed the film, but it's largely set in the UK. Like um, <laughs> the, the, they, They're playing Little Britain on a channel with commercial breaks, and Little Britain's a BBC <laughs> show. So that's inaccurate, Nancy. <laughs> and also the, 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 the trailer. The yeah. trailer that she, she, she sees on TV is coming out in the UK on Christmas Day. We don't have Christmas Day films in the UK, Nancy. 
No, and cinemas in 2006 definitely would not have been open on, on Christmas Day. Oh, you mean coming out in cinemas? Like on, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so the trailer Christmas is like, Day. yeah. yeah. Um, no. So they would have, what would have happened, Nancy, if you worked in the film industry, is you would have cut an international version which had in cinemas on Boxing Day. Uh, well, that's John Krasinski's fault, really. That's, that's what he's true. there for. I'm going to pick up the phone to John. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in London all the time, I think, because Blunty's here. Um, Right, should we head to the scores? Sure, let's head to the scores. These are uh, Flix Watcher scores. All of the categories are out of five. You may have decimal places. The lowest you can go is a zero, should you need to. And we will start with you, Sam, with your recommendability score, please. I sort of want to give recommendability a five. Of course you do. <laughs> give it whatever you want. Don't. The reason being, I do often, as we talked about earlier, the marketing for the film is quite off-putting because it mm. looks like a, quite a generic <laughs> rom-com. And I've, I've recommended it to quite a few people now who have not wanted to watch it. And I feel like you two had quite a good response to the film. Didn't hate it. Great response. Um, but it looks like a film that you could hate. Yeah. And most people come out of it going, oh, it's actually quite good. That was all right. Um, and I feel like that's quite good considering the terrible marketing around it. <laughs> so I do love recommending this film. And usually people at least sort of think it's better than they think it might be. Sometimes they love it. So that's good. <laughs> okay, five. You're going for a big five. <laughs> Louise. I think I'm going to go for a four. Okay. Simply because if you were going to recommend someone like a nice Christmas rom-com, it's probably one of the better ones. Mm, that's true. And it's on ITV2 all the time. Even outside of Christmas? Yeah. Damn them schedulers. Helen? I feel like we're, we're steadily going down in marks. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. Um, it It's two hours and 15 minutes. I mean, it's very, very long um, for, for any romantic comedy, really. Mm. Um, and not buying Jack Black. I mean, the Jack Black story is, it, it, it could have, that that whole thing could have gone and we could have trimmed it down nicely. Um, so yeah, a three. I think I'd, I'd liked it more had they not ended up together and just been friends. I think that would have been a nice way to finish. She did, Kate Winslet didn't need a man. Jack Black didn't need to recover from his uh, girlfriend. Overnight. Yeah, overnight. And fine, go to, go to, England on a, on a whim for New Year's if you really wanted to which must have cost thousands of pounds but anyway um, <laughs> but I think it just would have been nicer it would have set it would have sat nicer with me I think I'm quite happy with Diaz and uh, Jude Law getting together because that seemed quite I feel like we we have seen their relationship develop more yeah. than we saw Jack and Kate's yeah I can't remember Iris and Jack is that his name in the film? I don't know Anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it equal to you, Helen. I'm going to give it a three. Um, reduced expectation. Perhaps made me think it was going to be a really shit film, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it wasn't that. So I'd say to people, if people said to me, "Should I watch it?" I'd say, "Yes." I, I think just give it some time. It should be shorter than it is, but yes. I think most people who. Sam's recommended this film to have gone, oh, it really wasn't as bad as I expected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, you could watch it in two parts. It's nice, you know, you have to do an hour and a little bit each yeah. time. Beautiful. <laughs> One storyline I really liked was the Kate Winslet and the older chap who I can't remember. I thought that was really cool. Arthur, uh, played yeah. by Eli Wallach. Was that Eli Wallach? Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, so um, I, thought he was, I thought that whole kind of thing was just 
a really nice touch that where initially she he seemed like he fully needed help all the time, but he actually wasn't that he was fairly independent anyway, wasn't he? He's quite snappy, uh, and and he, he they have some really good conversations, Kate and 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 Eli Wallach. But yeah, at the beginning he says he doesn't know where his house is anymore. Yeah. So the character that's a bit weird, and he's walking along the street with a nurse, yeah, who's never not in the rest of the film. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he, because he's an old Hollywood scriptwriter from the 40s, apparently he added kid onto here's looking at you, kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's kind of nice Nancy gets to flex her sort of old Hollywood sort of um, knowledge uh, there. And that's nice yeah. for a film fan, I guess, to see. Um, so, repeat viewing score. Well, Sam, I can kind of guess where this is going to go. I, I mean, I so I really love Christmas films. Like, It's a Wonderful Life is a big favorite of mine. Watch mm. it every single year. The Holiday is the other film is it? I watch every single year. It's so easy to watch. Like, like when you know an album, and it doesn't matter if it's two hours and fifteen minutes long. It, you just know, like, after this, there's this, and you just sort of know it so well. So I find it quite hard to objectively, I guess, sort of comment on this. But I find it so easy to watch, and I love watching it every year. Yeah, and and I'm just going to carry on doing that. Is it something that's put down in your calendars, in your joint calendars, Louise? Is it, is it... This year we did have a date in to watch the holiday together. <laughs> uh, we did absolutely. And the year before that, we put on a screening at the Clapham Picture House. Oh, really? Uh, and uh, like well forty attended? or so people came. Okay. There was mold wine and mince pies. Yeah, we brought mince pies in. Yeah. Nice. Had a nice time. Um, and it was nice because it wasn't out. just people we knew who. Showed up as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like okay, other people like the holiday as well. You recommended it to them, dragged them along. No, not at all. Uh, there was some actual people we didn't know um, in there, um, and it was nice to meet both of them. Uh, but we, but yeah, it was. So I feel like other people probably have it in their it's their routine as well. I think mainly because it's been on TV every year now. Sure. I think TV is responsible for a lot of this fandom uh, for this movie. Uh, so what's your score? Uh, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for five just because I've seen this film so much. Well, I mean, if you've seen it every year since it came out, then I, I think it's five. It's five yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's definitely some times where we've watched it twice in a year or three times <laughs> as well. I Not think even I've seen at it, Christmas. No, yeah, we've definitely done some summer watching. I think I've seen it fifteen times. Fifteen. Uh, yeah. Crikey! I did two this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, going to. Mold wine and mince pies viewing. I saw It's a Wonderful Life for the first time in front with a in the cinema, and that was great. That was absolutely great. So um, I recommend that. So uh, were, were people laughing at the right points, and were people enjoying it? I think so. Uh, I think so. I do. I think they were laughing at it a little bit, and that's fair enough. There are some crap lines. In this <laughs> um, but I also think people did. Um, they, I think, seeing it in the cinema, like Hans Zimmer's score does really swell, okay. and I find it quite emotional. <laughs> so I think there were a few tears at the end of the film. I think there was a few giggles. Mister Napkinhead is a great comedy set piece yeah. uh, in there, but uh, no one walked out, and that's that's always a bonus. <laughs> Louise, well. I'm going to have to go 2.5. I'm sorry. As much as I've seen this film, I think I could go a few years without watching it. I need a break, Sam. <laughs> you, so need a holiday. A you need a holiday. Oh, no, yeah, this is a holiday. holiday. You're doing it in a public venue. <laughs> 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 this is how you tell me. Helen. Um, I mean, I'm not going to actively go out of my way to watch this. However, if it was on over the festive period and I'd consumed so much cheese that I couldn't move <laughs> to get the remote, so I would probably leave it on. Boxing day, you're on the sofa. Yeah, I mean, Put it on. it's it's, in, it's inoffensive. If you snooze in and out, it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, so what does that, a two? <laughs> 
Yeah, a two. You know as well as I do. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to be a bit more, two and a half. I'd watch it. I quite like to, I think if we had like a day of watching Christmas films, this could possibly feature. Quite uh, late at night. So maybe no, I, I don't think, have I to watch be, the end. I'd probably think, get through the first hour. I think it'd be it maybe the... a bit earlier actually when you kind of other, doing other stuff, maybe doing your rapping, that kind of admin as well. I was going to say it's a Christmas. perfect film for doing your, your rap into or putting a bit of lunch on so you haven't actually got to watch the screen for two and a half hours. Sure. <laughs> listen to hands. <laughs> listen to hands in the background. Um, and you don't have to see Jack Black's smug face. Um, Creepy face. I, I think it's, it's, it's that smarmy, it's that well, face at the start. Well, maybe he just looks confused. It's that bit at the start where he's like playing the keyboard and he kind of fawns and he has that kind of big jutting chin that he has, which normally is like kind of funny, but it just looks... I think the problem with the character, so he plays the character Miles, who's really, like, he's just so, he's like a puppy dog, isn't he? And you can throw anything at him and he's always like, oh, you know, and stuff. And it's like, no, have a feeling. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, small screen score. So I just have watched it in the cinema a couple of times, which has yeah. been very nice. But overall, they've both been instigated by yourself. Well, one was just when it came out. I was like, oh, okay. let's check out the holiday. <laughs> As if I'm going to like that. <laughs> so the poster campaign didn't put you off. No, I think we... I don't know why. I think it just looked nice. So we went to see it in the cinema. <laughs> um, I don't think it was any special occasion. Just at 2006, would have been at university with uh, a few friends of similar film tastes. And I think yeah. we quite liked rom-coms, so we just went for it. Um, but uh, apart from those like two times I've seen it in the cinema, every other time it's been on a small screen. And the last time for watching it for this podcast, I watched it on an iPad in two parts. And it was great. It works <laughs> so well in two parts. I highly recommend it. <laughs> So how does that translate? Uh, I'm going to... Mm, it was really good seeing it in the cinema and the music. I think the music is so good in this film. I think on a small screen, you don't quite get the full hands. So I'd go no. four and a half for small screen score because it is better on a big screen, if only for that amazing Hans Zimmer music. I, I, mean, you think I really I, can't remember I, it. No, I, I can't. remember like the Christmas songs, but I can't really remember any music. I think you need to get on the Hans Zimmer Spotify playlist and... Uh get updated yeah the score is available on, <laughs> on spotify and also i think that's probably maybe a good sign of a score if you didn't on your like first watch if you don't notice it because it's supposed to be about you know like moving you along with the characters and the plot i think if you only notice the score something in the film isn't working oh, oh, i don't know i don't know i mean i just thought i was listening the other day to uh, some tracks from arrival and it just made me think how how great that score was yeah. and that really lifted the, the did all the things that it should do in a score. And if you listen to soundtracking by Edith Bowman, she can often talk about how the composer thinks about um, how they put the, the put the soundtrack together. And sometimes they are like, we just want to be an under you know under the, under the radar kind of thing. But sometimes they need the director needs them to kind of boost up the morale of the film or boost up the 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 scene. Um, so I think it, it kind of swings around about. But some of my favorite scores are ones that are really, really imposing. Like Gladiator Now, the film, not so interested in, but I love that soundtrack like so much. I think it's genuinely one of my favourite ones, talking about Hans Zimmer one, and that is big and pompous and overbearing in places. It sort of matches the film. And I guess yeah. in a rom-com, rom-coms you don't want to have yeah, like, the, they're not always a showy soundtrack. No. So I don't know. I think it might be a nice surprise when you listen to the score outside of the film. <laughs> okay. Uh, Louise? I think I'm going to go for a four okay. for this one. I think it works better on telly or with repeat viewings, as it were, rather than in one big cinema trip. Helen? Um, I'm, I'm going to give it a five. I think this is 
a perfect example of something you can watch on TV. I, I coincidentally also watched it in two sittings, the first half on an iPad and the second half on a TV. And um, either screen was fine for my for my enjoyment of the film. As a side note, I do love how you can pick, you can stop on one screen and pick off exactly where you left on it, wouldn't it? <laughs> It's the beauty of Netflix. It is, isn't it? And I kind of like the fact that it is on Netflix and um, I think Netflix selection of Christmas films is okay. It's not that, it's not as good as you expect because you would probably expect like Gremlins and Elf to be there. Well, it's pushing its own agenda this year, wasn't yeah. it? With the Kurt Russell one, which I, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen that either. But um, I mean, it's, it's good that it's a go-to Christmas film and it's on Netflix, so that's why it, it kind of gets the full marks, I think, from me. I think Love Actually was on there this year. I, I mean, no. Uh, <laughs> engagement score, Sam. Uh, Sorry, I went for five, by the way. Small screen score, I think. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Uh, so how, <laughs> do you, how do you gauge, how do you judge engagement? Uh, it's the, can you, would you choose it to wrap your Christmas presents to? Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're not sat there, like, Sucked in. I mean, if you're screen. if you're getting up to make a cup of tea, if you're filling in your tax return, if yeah. you're well, it's around Christmas time, a lot of people are. Yeah, you can't give it a five if your attention is elsewhere. Well, I think it's definitely a better film if you're engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we watched it over Christmas with some friends, and because I think they weren't so into it, there was a, a few like uh, some bants, and that's fine. It's totally a film that allows for some bants, but it is like it's quite easy to pick out a lot of the negative things and not appreciate the good things because you could miss them if you're talking over it. Yeah. So like, I don't know, I, when I watched it this time, I had my headphones on, on my iPad, on my own. Mm. I was just like, yeah, this film's so good. I love I it. So time. I think in, like, I think if you engage with it, the film rewards you. So I'll give it a five for engagement. But if you're I, on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, then, then it's your own bloody fault. <laughs> <laughs> Louise. I'm going to go for a 3.75. Oh, yes. Um, I think Sam is right in that the more you the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. But at the same time, there's a few long scenes that really just bore me to tears. And I just sort of have to walk away for a bit and go make a cup of tea. Helen? Um, this film is two hours and 15 minutes long. <laughs> um, for about an hour, I was probably kind of with it the rest of it I sadly was not with it so I can only give it a two for engagement because the the last hour did not fully have my attention unfortunately yeah um I think I was less engaged I think I'm going for a 2.6 it was kind of good I think the flipping flopping between the storylines kind of didn't necessarily happen at points that made sense I think they kind of stuck too long sometimes with with one set of people and they went oh shit the other guys for a bit and then go back to the other ones and that's why I kind of think if they can make two separate stories two separate films I think that would have been better for me and make them shorter and more interesting um, I think they just like the, I think Nancy probably liked the, the plot contrivance of ooh LA girl in the UK okay UK girl in LA fish, both fish out water and hilarity kind of shoes um and that gives us an overall score of 3.678, which is okay. It's pretty good, that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Strong, I think there was some strong fives there from 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 you, Sam. Sam. You're you're holding holding the fort, yeah. (laughs) Uh, We have a, I think rom-coms have done very well in the Flix Water pod. Um, Harry Matsali is now the top scoring film ever. Wow. Wow. 
For Flix Watcher. No, Flix well, Watcher. in the world. Yeah, <laughs> um, why would I talk about any other podcast? Of course, or, yeah, or scoring or, system ever. Exactly. As a superior. Um, and followed quite closely by To All The Boys uh, yes. I Love Before, which is also scores very high. Ooh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, definitely check, yeah, check it out. Um, as always, when we are recording, uh, we put a shout out on Twitter. You'll notice it because we'll try and include a gif and uh, we'll say we're reviewing the holiday with at un- Sam underscore Clements and Louise from at 90 Min Film Fest. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out. Um, so if you would like to read the first one for us, Sam. Uh, so from Sarah May Tucson, uh, she gives it three stars. I have a soft spot for this film because hashtag Kate Winslet is great, GR8. I'm a squidgy romantic, so I give any rom-com a lot of rope to hang itself, but it's got issues uh, some sort of sign there. So zero chemistry between Kaywin and Jack B. Patronizing ageism towards Eli Wallach's Arthur plus levels of cloying sweetness. So I think even though they had some issues with the film, uh, Sarah may still manage to enjoy it. Three stars is a recommendation and above average. Eloise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got another review from What Were They Thinking at WWTT Podcast. Two and a half. I think I fell asleep during this one. Not great. Very formula and way too long. Yeah. It I know, long. It's not that long. <laughs> Two hours 15. It is, is quite long. Star yeah. Wars The Force Awakens is longer. Why are you that's talking like about the biggest the... film of all time. For two people that make a 90 minutes or less yeah. films podcast, two and a half hours is really long. Oh yeah, I mean, it would, God, this would never be in our festival. Never. But <laughs> as a Christmas treat. <laughs> Christmas treat. <laughs> so guys, thank you very much. Can you just sign off by telling people, telling Jasper where you can find you guys if he wants to find you uh, so Jasper you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Sam underscore Clements and Jasper you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 90 Min Film Fest yeah thank you very much great thanks for coming on cheers bye, bye. thank you very much for listening to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast if you enjoyed that please don't forget to subscribe to us leave a review five star one would be sweet and also do follow us on social media we're on Twitter for example at FlixWatcherPod um, or if you're feeling saucy Instagram we are just at FlixWatcher special thanks to our awesome editor Brendan Russell for making this episode sound so sweet and thanks to the mighty people for the tunes you can hear <laughs> <laughs>